hit me just the other day before I rolled out of bed one morning. Without you, there would be no sunshine, there would be no rain in the season. Without you, I know that I couldn't walk, couldn't talk, couldn't even breathe. I need you more than I need air, more than I need rain. I need sunshine on a summer day. I need you more than I need a home, more than I need food, more than I need these clothes I'm wearing. Greetings. Thank you for joining us on Christian Reconstruction Radio for this time we shall have together. I'm your host, J.S. Lowther, and this is Sola Scriptura. Promoting the law and the gospel to every living creature with an ardent and firm desire to show the perfection of the law of God in every area of life, all to the glory of God and praise His only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received reconciliation. Special thanks to our sponsor at the beginning of the show, just to get everybody to know uh, where we, we get our funding from on Christian Reconstruction Radio. Yeah, CR 101 Radio Networks, a Christian Reconstruction Internet radio station that hosts and broadcasts lectures, sermons, and podcasts 24-7. CR101radio.com is where you can go for that. And we're sponsored by GCS Apprenticeship Program, which is dedicated to training the next generation of Christian teachers so they can be inspired and equipped to get involved with the uh, task and honor of being a Christian teacher or owning and operating their own Christian school, gcsapprenticeship.com is where you can find them. I'm going to have a little bit of an improv um, uh, discussion here today. The world is a different place than the last time we broadcasted on uh, Christian Reconstruction Radio, and um, there's no difference in that right now. I've kind of been thinking about some of the original intents of uh, having a radio uh, podcast. Um, while I, I have missed it um, many days now, you know, I, I had said in some of the, uh, the introductory messages that I had put on the beginning of, uh, of the messages I'd forwarded uh, a few months back, it's just been a busy time and uh, just haven't been able to even squeeze in that. Uh, hour or 45 minutes or uh, 80 minutes or however long it turns into to um, have a discussion on uh, uh, anything really, you know, with other ministry-related things going on as well as family stuff going on and, um, you know, just a a gamut of things that have taken my time. And, uh, of course, when you you, uh, are are involved in that, you just... um, Kind of have to prioritize. So I do apologize for those of you who um, listen regularly um, to Sola Scriptura that I've not been able to offer you something consistently uh, for the last uh, month of, of missing um, the two weeks that I was uh, broadcasting on, and I do I do greatly apologize for that. So I hope you accept that apology. We're going to try to get back on track this winter coming and discussing some of the things that are going on in the world and, um, you know, one of the things that has really been taking up a lot of the nation's time right now is this election that had occurred in uh, the time of absence where I was not um, putting anything out. And 
On top of that, the coronavirus is now being talked about again. It's 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 now being pushed to the forefront of, of most states, um, uh, not from the legal or legislative um, place, but from the uh, governors, which are acting as tyrants, and most people are not seeing that. And so I was thinking about those two issues and something I could just kind of talk to everybody about and have that discussion that I I have been having with people locally um, in the area that, that I'm in, not just like-minded people, but people who are not like-minded whatsoever. Uh, as a matter of fact, I will relay a story that kind of brings this to my mind that just happened a few weeks ago. I uh, have a Chevy Suburban that I drive and uh, use for my work. Uh, that I I, uh, I depend on, and uh, I had a problem with the fuel pump, so I had to purchase a new fuel pump from an auto parts store, and this was the day after um, the governor where I reside um, started to discuss uh, the push for the mandatory mask, as he calls it, or the required mask, or whatever it is, and... Um, so I went into an auto parts store not realizing that the mask thing was, was now being pushed at the forefront again of everybody's life. And I did not have a mask. I don't wear a mask. I've only wore a mask now because uh, I had decided that just as in the past when I was a child uh, in the 80s, uh, you probably stopped seeing this about in the 90s sometime, but there used to be signs, stickers on the front door of many businesses and restaurants and different places that said, no shirt, no shoes, no service. And that was the policy. You walked in with no no uh, shoes. You walked in with no shirt. You walked in with no no um, um, service. So so people could just reject you for that. They put it on the door, and that's it. Well, I believe in private enterprise, and because I believe in private enterprise, I believe that private establishments, that is, businesses owned by others, regardless of if it's a corporation or not, have the right to tell those whom they want in the store or restaurant or what have you, what business it is, that they can't come in under certain under certain conditions. And I, I believe in that on account of private property, as we would call it. Now, I understand biblically property is not private, so we're not going to get in that discussion too deep. But I believe in the concept of private property under the law form that we have enacted federally in, in the state legislatures under the constitutions of the states and of the federal government as, as it says. So I believe in that. And so if an establishment tells you that they personally want you to do something uh, and it's not in violation to the laws of God and you want to purchase whatever it is they sell, then it makes good sense for me to listen. Okay, If I go into your home um, and you say to me, I want you to take your shoes off before you come in to the house, and I walk in with my muddy boots, or even my clean boots for that matter. They could be perfectly clean, but your policy says take your shoes off um, you know, at the door. And I don't listen, and you say, I asked you to take your shoes off at the door, and I say, I don't care. I wear my boots wherever I want. You have the full right to uh, throw me out of your house and kick me in the butt on the way. Okay, that's that's what you have the right to do, uh, private property. And if I don't listen at that point when you say get out of my home, I'm an, I'm an intruder. And if I don't listen upon several times being told to leave, 
um, I could eventually become, you know, a, a I could become a combatant. I could become someone who's a, who is uh, threatening your well-being and 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 depriving you of, um, you know, your your privacy. So, with all that said, I agree with the concept of private property and that those businesses are allowed to make rules. And if they feel, as a business, that they're doing the best thing for their business to tell us to wear a mask uh, that doesn't do any good, and we all know that, it's, it's nothing more than a rabbit's foot. The majority of people who can think rationally and have looked into this are aware that the cloth mask thing does not stop a virus. Okay, doctors will tell you that. Many people will tell you that. There, there are very, very small uh, benefits, if any, that you could gain from it. Like perhaps when you sneeze and it, and it catches the mucus um, that would be coming out of your nose and mouth that could carry a, a sickness. That, um, that may help some, no differently than if you cover your, your nose when you cough, like we've always been taught. But viruses are pesky little things, and they're going to fly through the air, become airborne, and they are going to test your immune system. And so, in fact, um, they do very little. The mask does very little. But, but, back to point, if someone asks you to do that, do you lawfully, under the law of God, have the ability to tell them, no, I will not enter anyway? At what point does that become incorrect? So, with that being said, back to my story. I had decided that if I was asked by a business, I would put on a mask. But I would not enter based on a posting that says the governor, who has no, no power, no legislative power, they have no power except for when war um, is, is, is declared, and the uh, militia is, uh, or the National Guard, as they say, is the militia, is uh, dispensed. Once they say that happens, uh, then the governor may have a ability to tell me to put a mask on. But it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened anywhere. And so he has no power. It's a recommendation. It's all it is. It's his recommendation. So if if a business or an individual, a person, uh, will ask me to do it, an employee of that business, because the store wants me to do it, the restaurant, the whatever it is, asks me to do it, I'll listen just on the basis of private property. But I feel that it is my duty as a person who is going to um, comply and also knows in myself that what is happening to the people in the United States, in the state of Ohio, in the surrounding states, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, um, you know, Indiana, all those places are being taught to obey tyranny. Softcore tyranny is what it is. For their quote-unquote better good. Or the greater good of society. And so, with that being said, I feel like it is my responsibility to say something. It's my responsibility to make sure people understand where I'm coming from when I do that. So, I entered into the auto parts store and upon entering, the man behind the counter uh, says to me, Sir, do you have a mask? And I said, No, I do not have a mask. And he said, um, In order to enter, you need to have a mask. 
And I said, would you like me to put a mask on? Is that what you're saying? And he said, yes, I would like you to wear a mask. And I said, okay. And I grabbed the mask that he gave me freely, put it on my face. And um, as I approached the counter, which already had plexiglass covering it, um, he said to me, sorry about that, but it's the governor's orders. He's getting very strict on this right now. Now, as I said, I didn't know that the governor had put out a new edict, um, recommendation, edict, command, slash suggestion, whatever it is, um, to everybody. I didn't know. I don't have a television. I hardly listen to the news. Um, I don't want a television or want to listen to the news. I don't recommend you have a television or uh, listen to the news, and I'll say more about that later. But um, I didn't know. And um, all I knew was that there was a sign on the door that said that the governor wanted me to do something, and I just walked past it because that doesn't, that doesn't matter to me. That matters to state employees, okay? If, if a state um, leader, governor, tells state employees to do something, um, there may be a, a good case for the state employees to listen. That does not mean I need to listen. I am not an employee of the state. I am a free citizen, okay? I am, I am a a free man at law, I'm a citizen, okay? And um, I was born in the United States to American-born parents. I have, you know, all the right in the world, so to speak, uh, in this country to not listen to the governor in that capacity until a war is declared or some type of martial situation is enacted. And so with all that, he tells me the governor... Uh, is cracked down on us, and we all need to listen. And so, at, with my mask on, obeying him as a personal individual working for a privately owned company, I said to him, it is important for us to all remember that we live under a constitutional republic right now. Governors do not make laws in constitutional republics. Legislatures do. That's exactly what I said. I didn't say anything forceful. I didn't say anything mean. I didn't say anything wrong. It was all correct to my knowledge. We still live under a constitutional republic, and under a constitutional republic, legislatures make laws, not governors. And I then said, do you know the difference between a constitutional republic and a socialist republic? And he answered me, no. He answered me, no, he does not know the difference. So I said, if we were to listen to governors, one man at the top, one man who dictates to other people, who tells other people what it is that they have to do, or else they will be arrested, fined, punished, imprisoned, whatever, that would be, in part, a socialist republic. That would be part of a socialist republic's power structure. We do not have that. We have a constitution, and the constitution in this country at this time has deemed a legislature to be the one that makes laws. And when I say make, makes laws, I mean for societal interactions and so forth. In fact, no state legislature or federal legislature claim to have the power of Almighty God, which Ohio's constitution recognizes, as well as the majority of, of other states recognize that as well as that which is written in the Declaration of Independence and the 
Constitution. There is more than enough evidence to show that they acknowledge a God and nature's God as having laws. That's a side issue. But the man had no idea what I was talking about. But beside me was an older gentleman. And this was the first time I had ever been accosted by a um, person on this, this issue. There was an older gentleman. I would put him at the age of 60-ish, 68 to 60. And he was wearing a mask, so I couldn't really see him very well either. And he began to berate me for what I said. And he told me, and I won't say the words that he used, but he said, because of people like you, I'm going to get sick. Because people like you want to talk about the laws that protect you. The laws that allow you to do what you do. And he just kept going. Um, I said, sir, I was very polite to him. I said, sir, all I am talking about is the law of this land that is still recognized as the United States Constitution and the state constitution of the state of Ohio. That is all I'm talking about. Um, and I'm just setting the record straight for why I'm going to wear a mask, but it's not because the governor said so. Well, this continued with a, a, um, a lot of aggression on his, on his part. Uh, he, he said some, some pretty mean stuff and uh, eventually said that some people don't know how to shut their mouths. And, uh, you know, he, he, he never really crossed the six-foot social distancing that he had to, um, uh, you know, do. But um, nevertheless, he did get closer in the course of his conversation. And um, I decided when he said some people can't shut their mouth that I would just be quiet and let him prove uh, his own words. So I sat quietly. When he stopped talking, the man behind the counter was looking at me intently behind his mask and his shield and uh, sneeze glass and all the other stuff that he had on. And um, I looked him straight in the eyes. And my final words before ordering the part that I needed was, we have a very interesting future coming, don't we? And I could just tell in his eyes he had concern. While he didn't know what I was talking about as far as what the law of this land is at this present time, he could recognize that something had changed in the people in his store. And that was frightful to him, I'm sure of it. It was frightful to me a little bit because I realized that an older man who is of the age that would recognize the reason why men thought they were fighting in the Vietnam War and the Korean War, uh, that is, to fight against socialism, to fight against the spread of communism. That was the, the line they were sold for why uh, that generation of men went and were butchered in the jungles of Vietnam and were butchered in the rice fields of Korea and imprisoned and tortured. Uh, the reason for that was supposedly to stop the spread of socialism. Because socialism is the greatest threat to Christianity, and we've known that since shortly after, if not before, the Civil War. In every country, a socialist order is set up, whether it be a socialist republic, so to speak, or whether it be a socialist democracy or whatever that means, and all the other types of political um, constructions that utilize the socialist communist order, ever since we've recognized what that does, 
there has been an effort to stop it, but there has also been an effort to continue its movement forward and forward. And folks, if you have an uncle, a great uncle, a grandpa, a um, father, whoever it is, who died in Vietnam or who had become insane because they had gone there and had to fight against the atrocities of a uh, war that we, in some ways, um, did not even understand what we were getting ourselves into. If you know anybody who truly believed what they were doing was the right thing to do in either of those wars, they have died in vain right now in the United States of America. They have died in vain. Let that sink in. And I'm not saying that because I dislike the veterans that fell and the men that fought. I'm saying that because they have died in vain because their children, their grandchildren, refuse to continue their ideals. All right? I have my thoughts on Vietnam and why we shouldn't have been there too and why we shouldn't have gone there. But here's the point. If people, honest to goodness, thought that the spread of socialism was what they were stopping, if they, honest to goodness, thought that that was what they were going to uh, accomplish by the spilling of their blood, and there were some that willingly went and fought and spilt that blood to stop the spread of communism, to stop that ideology, their, their blood's in vain now because, because of their children, their progeny. And so, what we need to recognize right now, what's going on in this country, is a shift. And it's not going to happen quickly. We all say, well, look, it's going to, look at how fast things are moving. Well, they can't move fast, whoever they are. And I know everyone has their ideas of who they are. But the ones perpetrating this situation upon the population, the ones who are causing your sons and daughters to think differently than their grandparents and their great-grandparents and to hate their great-great-grandparents because of who they were and how they lived and what they believed, the people that are doing that are going to do this slowly. They're going to change society slowly in order to get us where they want us. Wherever that is, I don't know. I don't know. But the truth of the matter is, is the more we are fractured and the more that we are disconnected one from the other, especially the more that we are um, destroyed in the family structure, the more this thing is going to work and it will spread and there will be nothing left to keep order in society but the socialist construction. Okay? I want to emphasize this. I know we don't want to hear it, I know people don't like to hear this, but this is not the fault of the they that are pushing the socialist agenda. It's not, it's not them. It's us. It's the people who will not provide anything better, who are staying quiet, who are not going out there with all of their might and all of their strength to oppose this thing. It's our fault. It's Christians' fault primarily. Christians should know better. Real Christians should know better. And let me tell you what. 
There are people out there who don't like certain things that I believe and I, what I understand to be true out of the Scriptures, particularly out of the law of God and the way society should be set up. I understand that. But the people who are the real threat in society right now are the soft-core Christians that are antinomian or anomian. They have no concept of the law of God, and they hate the Word of God. They hardly believe in the Word of God, and they believe in their own spiritual Gnostic emotions that guide them in the way that they think they need to go. Many years ago, I had a discussion with a woman, minister, whatever that is, um, I don't even remember what church it was she claimed to be a minister for or part-time minister for. But I asked her a very basic question. This is going back a decade. I asked her a very basic question. I said, do you believe the Bible is inspired by God? And she said, yes. I said, do you believe that we should live according to what the Bible says because it is given to us by the Spirit of God? And she said, no. I said, why? She said, because the Spirit tells me what to do. I don't need to read the Bible. I said, what happens when the Bible conflicts with what it is that you want to do? She didn't want to answer the question. Eventually, she said, the Holy Spirit speaking to her, she could believe, whereas the Bible... She couldn't believe. She wasn't really sure if the Bible was right or accurate on certain points. But the way the Spirit felt to her, the way she felt about things, the way she felt about the, the uh, things she was going to do and listen to, that was easy for her to understand. Therefore, that's the Spirit she would listen to. And she was unable and unwilling to try that Spirit. That's the Christianity so-called we have. And let me tell you what. That Christianity is the enslavers of Reformed Christians who actually believe in the law of God. That type of Christianity is not Christianity. That may hurt. It may not feel good. It may rub us wrong. Okay? And I'm aware that there are people who have faith in Jesus the real Jesus, I'm not going to take that away from them, and they may even be saved, they will come to the kingdom of our Lord, but listen, the things that they are doing, because they really don't believe in the tenets of the faith, are going to destroy our families. It's going to destroy our children. It is going to lead us to a place that is going to be very, very ugly, and it is a place the world has gone time and again. If you do not want that to happen, you will get out there and talk to the Christians that you speak with, the ones that you can talk to before it comes to the point where, like every other socialist country, those Christians turn Christians like you in, and then the socialists kill them too. Get that through your head. Think about it long and hard. The reason we're in the situation we're in now is because Christians for decades, for centuries, have refused to change the Constitution of the United States to be a more biblical document. And because of that, and because we've put our trust in the words of men and we have not amended it to the point where it should have been amended, when we could have done it, and we are happy with the way it was and happy with the way things were going because... It worked. 
because it worked to such a point and we did not change some very minor things that could have been changed to lead us down the proper uh, path, to acknowledge the proper God, to acknowledge the triune God of the Bible as being the only God, and in this country to be based on His law. Very small things could have been done in order to cause us to go down a better path. And I'm well aware that that won't make everyone happy. But it is that failure, and the failure now of us to use the system that we do have, what is left that's good in this system that gives us the ability to have free speech, that gives us the ability to have a right to assemble, that gives us the ability to have rights we can use to promote the Christian faith. Because we won't do that, because as a whole I'm saying we won't do that, we will suffer for it. Now, with that being said, I will not leave in despair by talking about this because I fully understand and I fully know that God will use all of this for his own glory and will use all of this to his good. And so someone might say, well, Brother Joshua, why does it matter then what we do? Because you have been called to know what you know and given the light that you have been given so that you can go out there and shine as bright as you possibly can. And it is my job for thinking this and knowing this to say it to you, shine brighter. Shine brighter. Shine the light of Christ that He's given you. Burn the fuel with all of your vigor. Trim the wick to make it burn more. Give it all you've got. When you finally die on the chopping block and whatever it is, when they've come to take your home, when they've come to take your children, when they have come to kill you, when they have come to change everything you've ever known, at least you will know that you've given your all to your Savior, that you've given your all to the Scriptures, that you've given your all to Jesus Christ. If you do not set aside these stupid fancies that we have, television, music, video games, video games, social media, and all the other garbage that we have in our society that pollutes the minds of our children and everyone else, they're distracted. And I don't, I don't care how much you think that you can control this and that you're still a man or woman of God while you're being distracted. If it's distracting more of your time than the time that you give towards your family, number one, towards your neighbors, number two, and towards everyone in society that you interface with on a regular basis, whether that's in the shopping center or whether that is in the workplace, if that is distracting you from doing the things that you need to do or you're unwilling to put Christ at the forefront of your life so that you can promote his law, promote his gospel in the face of all objections, you are failing. And those things are becoming a trap, a stumbling block. And so with that being said, you know, I uh, had to go to the store, to Walmart, and get something, which I hate shopping at Walmart, because Walmart's one of those big centers that everybody goes to so that they can destroy all the small little businesses out there and take it away from them and then create their own monopoly on virtually everything. However, because of they have done that, there are things that locally I cannot get other places. 
And so the only other option is then to use the mail, which everybody's doing, and get everything sent to you, which then means you have to use the credit card or debit card system, which is once again another tie to the tyranny of the banking system that is helping all of this move along. So I had to go to Walmart. And uh, in the process of going to Walmart, I had uh, made the decision that I was going to rip the sleeve off of an old t-shirt and make my own mask. Yeah. And so I had a teal t-shirt that uh, was pretty bright, so I knew it would catch some attention. And I just so happened to have a magic marker, a permanent marker, um, in my car <clears throat> that I would use for work. And so I set out and I wrote a, a message on the shirt sleeve that was going to be the mask that I was going to wear when the door Nazi at Walmart told me to put a mask on because I knew it was coming. So, here's what I did. I wrote on it, fearfulness is judgment. Real big. All caps. And I stuck it in my back pocket, walked into the Walmart without any uh, mask on. She stood with her red gloves, her black suit. She had, the, <laughs> she had the the face mask. She had the mask under that. She had another mask on. I mean, it was it was pretty interesting uh, setup. But she was wearing all black. She looked like a, a Nazi. So I said, "There's the door Nazi." And um, she stepped out and put one hand forward and said, "Sir," in a very assertive voice, "It's mandatory to wear a mask." And I said, "By who?" And she said, by Walmart. I said, are you telling me that Walmart would like me to put a mask on? And she said, yes, if you want to shop here, please put on a mask. And I said, okay, hold on a second. I reached into my back pocket and I put my shirt sleeve. You know, it's all frayed up at the bottom. I, it was ripped off a shirt. Uh, it wasn't even cut very well. It was just kind of torn. And um, so it looked, it, 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 it was not a... Um, a pleasant uh, looking mask, you know, like those nice form-fitted masks that go up and around your nose and around your eyes, and then they come back down, and then they swoop so nicely around your chin. You know, the, the nice ones everyone has, it has a nice little message, like Trump 2020, or, um, you know, love, or peace, or some other uh, thing. So mine said, on my nasty old work shirt sleeve, it said, fearfulness is judgment. And I pulled it over my head very slowly after I squared it up with my face so she could read it. And I looked her right in the eyes as I pulled it down over my face and covered my nose. And I watched her eyes raise as she read the message. And I stood there staring at her just for a moment, just long enough to be sure she read the message. And I said, will that work? And she just nodded her head yes. And I left. So I went into Walmart, purchased what I needed to purchase, and I came out, and there was a door Nazi on the way out on another side of the building. You can only enter in one side and leave the other side now, which is much smarter than the way they were doing it in Walmarts um, here two months ago, where they were channeling everyone through a nine-foot door and telling everyone that we needed social distancing. It was just absolutely amazing how stupid um, somebody could be. But anyhow... Uh, as I was leaving, the door Nazi uh, saw I didn't have a mask on because I took it off once I was inside. 
after seeing others that didn't have their masks on, I kind of slipped it down, and uh, and I saw she was looking at me, so I pulled my mask up for her, and uh, I walked past her, and when I walked out, the Salvation Army guy, you know, the door ringers at the Salvation Army, I'm thinking most people in the country know what I'm talking about. Um, I don't think it's a local thing. Salvation Army is a thrift store, and uh, they also do a lot of charity work for um, people, especially around uh, Christmas time. They collect money for buying gifts for people who need stuff. So as I came through the door, the door ringer, you ding, the ling, the ling, the ling, the ling, you know, you just hear it going. And uh, I came around and I looked at him. He had his Red Salvation Army mask on that was nice and form fit. And he just stopped ringing that bell. Ding-a-ling. And I stared at him, and I just kept walking. And he said, that's true. That's how it is. And I said, yep, I think so. And he started ringing his bell again, and I walked back to my car. And so here's the point <clears throat> I'd like to share with you today. Use it. If you're going to wear it, use it. Don't get some nice form-fitted mask that has a little tiny cute emblem on it. Use it. Use the bare minimum. Make sure they know it's absurd and stupid if you don't agree with it. And use it. Just use it for what it is. Use it for the promotion of the law and the gospel. Use it to promote the judgment that is truly upon us. Use it so that people can talk to you about it. Use it. Tell you another story. I had visited with someone. I won't mention names. <laughs> um, visited with someone. And uh, they had a brand new 70-inch television they just bought. And they were unpackaging it as I went to, to discuss with them what I needed to discuss. This person's a Christian. I believe a true Christian. And they had a new television that they needed because they said when they got together with the family, well, they just all couldn't sit around and watch that TV together. It wasn't big enough. I made the comment. I said, that's an awful big sewer pipe. He looked at me and he started looking around. What do you mean? What do you mean a sewer pipe? What are you talking about, Josh? And as he looks around, he just he's just not really quite sure what I'm getting at. I said, that thing, you're taking out of the box. This is, this is an awful big sewer pipe. And he, uh, he says, you talking about the television? And I said, yeah, I'm talking about the television. I said, so all that is is a sewer pipe. It's going to release sewage into the living room so that it can just flow right into, you know, into your eyes and cause infection. He didn't quite get it, so I explained more and let him know that the things you're going to see on that is pure crap, to put it lightly. It's pure dung. Okay? The stuff that's going to come out of that will not benefit you or your life. It deserves to be buried, the stuff that comes out of that. That, that has done more damage in our society than anything else has done, especially to Christians. And of course... You know, it used to be that when you would tell, talk to people, it's been 2001 since I have given up television whenever I came to Christ. Um, that was just something that kind of naturally left me as my want to watch television. And my wife was the same with me, and so we 
have been away from it for some time and have taken a stand on it, that we do not believe in such things. That doesn't mean we won't watch a movie someone recommends or we won't, we won't look at a documentary. It doesn't mean we don't believe in visuals or something. It just means simply that we do not use the television with the broadcasting that is um, coming through all the various different uh, providers out there that, that will give you, you know, your choice of garbage to, to sort through. Um, if, I, if I'm going to sort through garbage, I am going to at least get what I don't think is garbage and then find out it's garbage later rather than saying, hey, pump me a bunch of garbage and let me sort through it so I can find something good. Uh, you know, that's just not, not the way I go about things. So uh, just side note there. But anyhow, um, we had a, uh, you know, a lot to learn as young Christians. And one of the things that we realized was that music and television and uh, different shows, cartoons for the kids, anything as time went on and we had become parents and, and um, uh, would just think about the things it was that was um, coming to us in our home, the things that were influencing us and, and teaching us and telling us how to think and, and trying to um, be more godly and seeing how those two things were opposed to one another. So, you know, one of the first things that people tell you when you start explaining this to them, as I was doing to my friend, um, was, why well, only watch the news? So the news is garbage. We can't trust the news. Everybody knows that at this point. It doesn't matter which flavor you like um, of news agency. They're lying. And it doesn't matter if you're listening to a third-party, independent, um, pro-conspiracy uh, news network, which some people think, oh, yeah, that's, that's the way to go. You want to go with the one that's the third party. Uh, they tell you the real truth. No, they just tell you the conspiracy you'll pay them to hear. Um, you know, truth needs to be weighed by evidence and facts. And people don't know what those are anymore. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're in a bind here as far as that goes. So when someone tells you, well, I only have television so I can watch the news, number one, they don't need 150,000 channels so they can watch the three news agencies that are on there. And I'm pretty sure, maybe I'm wrong, you can still get those little bunny ears that some people won't even know what I'm talking about and put them on the back of a uh, old school television that you can still get, I'm pretty sure, and... Um, Pick up the five channels if you really had to locally broadcast so that you could get the local news if you really needed to know how that cat got out of the tree downtown. All right? Which they probably don't even report on anymore. You know? Get a cat in the tree, the firemen all show up, do a good deed, put out the ladder on the big fire truck, the kids go crazy and watch firemen get the, the kitty out of the tree. You know? That doesn't... I don't even know if that happens anymore. They're probably not even allowed to do it. But... Um, you know, we don't live in a society like that. Unless it's gunshots, dying, COVID-19, and people kicking over, it's just something that, you know, it doesn't sell. People don't want to see it and hear it. And so the first thing my friend said was, news. Well, we need to watch news. Oh, okay. The second thing is, uh, well, we watch a history channel, and it's like clockwork. The moment you start criticizing television... Uh, cable, the, the the first thing they say is we watch the History Channel. Oh, 
So that justifies it. That's that's the reason we're going to pump trash into the house, so that we can get their take on history, too. Yeah, those books, can't do that. Got the Internet, too, hooked up. Can't go through the Internet and, uh, and, and read anything anymore, because half of that's been, been polluted also. Um, I guess so. You got to go to the History Channel. That's that's where you have to go to get your your facts. Anyhow, point I'm making regarding television is it's a distraction. It's just another distraction. It's taking you away from the Christian duty that you have in front of you. And so there was a time going back 15 years. 20 years that I could I could honestly have said that yeah you know there are times where you just shouldn't be worrying about this kind of stuff and you know it's okay to just you know not be thinking about biblical stuff all the time and and how bad society is and how it is that Christians need to go out into the world and evangelize you know that you know you don't you can't just worry about that I was wrong <laughs> I was wrong. You know what? Because that was a better time than now to do it. I was wrong. And to think that, you know, all oh, we need to cut loose, you know, and just like enjoy ourselves, that's the big thing. We need to just cut loose, loose and enjoy ourselves. All right. Well, unless that enjoy yourself involves worship with your family, which I would highly recommend you do on the Sabbath day, according to the commandments of God, in worshiping God. And, and maybe enjoying time with your family, playing a, a game together, or, or uh, telling stories, or reading the Bible, of course, singing together, and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's the kind of time that you need to go and just enjoy yourself with your family. If you're old, if you're young, it doesn't matter. If you're an older person, go to your children. Snap them out of it. Are you a younger person and you see that your elders, your grandparents, whoever, are, are stuck in this rut? Go to them and, and tell them. Tell them, hey, we need to get together. We need, we need to be a family. If you live far apart and that's not able to be done, I understand. But those that you have with you, those people that are truly there, that are, that are yours, that are your family, your church, the people that um, are like you, you guys need to enjoy yourselves together and worship and if you're going to do something, do something with the kingdom in mind for enjoyment. But the television and the radio and all this stuff and the social media needs to go. It needs to go. I'm not saying it needs to go all the way. Use it for the kingdom's sake. Use it for the kingdom's sake. Use the internet to, pro to promote the law and the gospel. Use the internet to promote God's kingdom. But don't get stuck in the stupidity of Twitter and Facebook and whatever else is going on out there. It's, it's, just don't get stuck in it. And don't think that it's a replacement for the things that God tells you to do in real life. Like worshiping with your family church. Okay? And don't think for a minute that if your preacher is weak enough to shut the doors of his church... Um, that you or, or the elders or whoever it is that, that, that runs your church um, and keeps the doors open, if they're too weak to keep the doors open despite what's happening, and they won't tell the people, listen, the church building's monitored now. They're not going to let us meet here without giving us trouble. We're going to start meeting underground at 
homes. We're going to be at Bob's house tomorrow night, and we're going to be at, at Joe's house, uh, you know, next week, and so on and so forth. Um, if you don't have a church that's tight enough, that loves each other enough to do that sort of thing, you're not really a church, okay? You're just you're just a building that likes the way someone preaches and the songs they sing. That's all you are. And that's a huge problem in our society too. Okay, so not only do we got we got to realize that we have a political shift going on towards socialism that's huge. Not only do we need to reach out to people about that, not only do we need to oppose the COVID-19 disaster where, you know, this is the worst thing in the world, we're all going to die, there's dead bodies stacked up everywhere, which we all know in America is not true, if you've been anywhere. And of course, if they get you to stay in your house and never go anywhere, you'll never know that that's not true. But I'd encourage you, report on it on your own if you can. If you want to use that internet agency for something, use that agency to promote the truth. Go and monitor what's actually happening. Don't be afraid. Why? Because as a Christian, the Lord has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's supposed to have given us a sound mind. Therefore, have a sound mind and go out there and oppose the fear mongers that are there. That's what we need to be doing. That's what a Christian does. Truth. We promote truth. Sound reasoning. Okay? Yeah. People won't like it, especially people who don't like sound reasoning, but... but that's what we need to be involved in as Christians. That's where our calling is. And those who are too fearful to do it, just if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. All right? Quit calling yourself a Christian pretending like you are the type of person that God needs because he, he don't need you. Okay? God doesn't need any of us in, in the truth. But the ones he's calling to open our mouths boldly, whether it be in the forum I'm speaking to you right now, or whether it is in person when you talk to people, when you interface with society, that is fear-ridden right now. And some of them are legitimate, good Christians that are thinking what they're hearing is sound, and they just need someone to show them the error of its way. And so... We need to oppose that. We need to oppose televisions. We need to oppose overuse of social media, overuse of internet forum, overuse of not really knowing one another. We need to oppose weak churches so that we can strengthen the church. We need to encourage our churchmen and our church members. We need to encourage the, the, the church of God that they can do the things that they're called to do in this society and stand up boldly. Okay? That's what we need to, that, that's my concern right now. That's what I wanted to talk about today. I know I didn't share some deep biblical truth. It wasn't a deep um, presuppositional apologetic Bible study or something like that. It wasn't, uh, let's dive deep into the law of God on particular issues and subjects. But this is something that is concerning. And it's because we've put it off for so long saying, well, I'm a Christian, and I know that 99.8% of what's on the television is bad, but I won't use it for the bad, therefore it's okay for me to have it. Or, I just like watching the game. And because I just like watching the game, it's, it's, it's not the players and all their debauchery and the commercials and all the stuff that I skip through. I'm not promoting that. I just want to watch the game. That's vanity. 
It's just vanity. At this point in the game, our game, which isn't a game, it's the truth. It's the way the world is working right now. At this point in the game, they're at the line, and they're about ready to punt the ball. All right? And I don't know a whole lot about football. But what I know is that if they get it in there, they get another point. I'm not real interested in seeing them get any more points. Especially when I don't see the Christians doing all to stand. Having done all to stand. According to what the Apostle Paul admonishes us in the book of Ephesians. And so, yeah, I've been away for a while. And I come back and my first uh, episode um, of Sola Scriptura is, is this. And um, I didn't get into a whole lot of Sola Scriptura as far as the law of God and, and, and harnessing that. But I did. There is that. Because at the essence of what I am trying to promote is Christians to utilize their life in a lawful fashion. In the end, what we know is that the political system that is shifting right now in our country is bent against the law of God. It is bent towards our exercise of the law of God. And one of the, the scriptures I have been encouraging our local church to pray is out of First Timothy chapter 2. That we are to pray for those that are in authority. We are to have supplications for them. Not for the authorities necessarily. Though God would have them be saved, there are some of them who will be saved. And our prayers are the least we can do to pray for those in, our, in authority over us. Those in the governments. But particularly and predominantly, the reason why we are to pray is so that we can live that quiet and godly and honorable, peaceful life. That faith and verity that the Apostle Paul tells us he wants us to learn from him. That is the law of God in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. Okay? The reason we want to live under a, gov a government peacefully is so we can live after the laws of God. If we are not living after the laws of God, if we are not promoting the law of God in place of all this stuff that I've mentioned today, that we can utilize these times, these hard times, to talk, even though we know there's adversity, we know there's anger and aggression from people, and they don't want to hear it, it's a prime time to plant that seed. And I'm going to tell you what, it's a prime time to have those conversations about the law and the gospel. Because people are realizing that what is happening isn't right. It's a prime time, and if God has called your heart, you need to speak to whoever is in your path, starting with your family, starting with those you're close to. When you get a chance to talk about it, find something that you can talk about and bring it up. Not oppressively, not pushing it on them, but bring it up in a way to show the contrast between the law of God, the commandments of God, and if we were able to um, live as a society according to that ideal, how much better it would be right now. And it doesn't take much to see that. You can talk about it on an economic level. 
You can talk about it on a family level, how families are to act uh, and, and treat one another and take care of one another. Um, how if we had a godly uh, economy based on gold and silver with no usury and, and, and just weights and measures and all this kind of stuff, how some of the things we're facing right now and the, the discussions they're having wouldn't even exist. They, they may not exist at all. How that if families loved each other more and took care of one another more, that they, people wouldn't need this social media garbage. How that the healthcare society, the, or yeah, I guess it's the society, how the healthcare in this country is um, taking the place of the family society. That is to take care of one another in the church society that is supposed to teach the family how to live and move in this country, in this, in this world. We have so much that we can be sharing, but instead we love our distractions. Well, you eat good for now. And you stay distracted for now. And you use this time stuck at home, not working, or whatever it is that's going on where you're at. Not promoting the law and the gospel. And you see what happens. And when it comes time for you to judge yourself on what you did, when the hammer comes down, you're going to have to ask yourself if I did all to stand. That's what we're going to all have to ask ourselves. And I'll tell you what, with all that I try to do, I already don't feel like I've done enough. And so hopefully this has been something that will cause you to think. Um, like I said, it's not, it's not uh, what you're probably expecting from me, but there it is. That's, what, um, that's what's on my mind. That's where I'm at. That's the advice I'd, I'd give you right now if you were sitting here right beside me. So, in another two weeks, I'm planning on having a podcast on time. I may, uh, you know, uh, have something a little bit more direct lined up. There's there's a lot of issues I'd like to start attacking this winter as uh, as my, my schedule starts to loosen up a little bit. And um, that, would, uh, that would be great if I could find the time to, to do that and... Do exactly what I just said we should use this forum for. So, God bless those that are His, and uh, everybody take care. And I will try my very best to have something prepared in another two weeks. Thanks.